Okay, now I am on. How are we doing tonight? Okay, does everybody have an outline? Okay, awesome. I hope that you'll find those useful. Every single week over the next six weeks, I'm going to have you an outline. Uh, I want it to be so organized that on the opening night that I walked up to you with a little notebook uh, for you to have with you for six weeks, and I even had an extra week, uh, and I still didn't get it for you, so um, forgive me on passing out papers once a week, but I believe it will be useful for you. I want to kind of let you know what you can expect over the next few weeks, and, uh, and so I'm going to do that for you. I always like to know what I'm getting myself into beforehand, and, uh, and if I do this, I'm telling you what I have gotten myself into uh, prior. So here it is, the first night, that will be tonight, we're going to be looking at our need for God's Word. You know, why do we need the Bible? And, and since we do need it, how can we get more of it? Okay, that's going to be what we're going to look at tonight, our need for the Bible. Next week is going to be an interesting week. We're going to look at the nature of the Bible. Okay, I want you to know why the Bible, this book right here, what makes this different from other religious writings? What makes it different from any other book? Okay, that's what we're going to talk about. The third week... We're going to really jump into how to study the Bible, which is what our series is called. And we're going to have a key phrase. And here's the key phrase. The Bible can never mean what it never meant. (laughs) Okay? That's simple enough, isn't it? But we need to know how do we find out what the intent of the writings were. What did the Holy Spirit desire to speak through the prophets or the writer? The Bible can never mean what it never meant. After that, we're going to spend three weeks looking very practically at certain areas of the Bible. You may not realize this. I'm sure that you do. But if you haven't really read the Bible much, and some of you in this room have not, the Bible is a collection of many different types of writings. We have some letters. We have some narratives. We have law. uh, We have poetry. We have history. There's a lot of different elements to this book that we call the Bible. And it's all God's Word. Once again, we'll look at that next week, the nature of it. But there are some different ways that we need to approach each type of writing in the Bible. And so we're going to spend a few weeks. One, I'll probably start with this on our fourth week, is look at the epistles. Look at the letters. Is it me? You know, maybe it was just me, but I don't think it is. To where, when I was really first beginning to... I had a desire to read the Bible and I wanted it in my life... I began to go to, like, Galatians. You know, I would look in the Bible and I'd go, okay, that book is only a few pages. I'll start there. And so I would begin, you know, and it seemed a lot of the words I understood real well. And I felt like, you know, this should be easy for me to understand. And so typically, people will begin, when they're wanting to really get into the Word of God, with the letters that Paul wrote. Or some of the other epistles that we find in the New Testament. The thing is, though, they can be real tricky, okay? I'm going to take great joy in uh, using 1st and 2nd Corinthians as an example, okay? Uh, There's a lot of things we don't understand that we got to dive into about the context and the culture and the things that were going on with that specific place. And trust me, and I praise God for it, we don't have a lot of things going on in our church like the church at Corinth did, Okay? You will learn about that, but we'll use that as an example. After that, we'll dive into to parables. 
We'll look at narratives, and we'll probably spend at least uh, probably the last week on breaking down a few different uh, items in, in the Old Testament. Okay, specifically, probably look at the law. So I think this is going to be a good time. I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll be helpful for you. I, I forgot when I was going through and setting this up, I forgot how much stuff I take for granted that I've learned. You know, you forget how easy it, I mean, how, how much it helps for you to have been taught certain things. And for me, I just, I don't know, it's only been a few years, but I kind of forgot how important and a big of a deal it was in my life to have learned certain things. And so now I find it a joy to get to communicate those to you uh, over the next few weeks. Before I do anything else, though, I want you to know the heart that our staff has for you as we have this great emphasis of 2011 on Bible reading, Bible intake. Um, you know, this thing that we're doing, and I love it. I like when you do it, Larry. When you, you know, the read it, believe it, and live it. You know, I like when you do it. I get pumped up, you know, just, ugh. Um, you know, but, but why are we doing this, you know? What, what, is, what is the reason behind it? And, and Larry said it. I mean, this was really birthed out of prayer, uh, you know, in our staff meetings and, and different things. But man, one of the, what's on our heart more than anything else at this moment for our church body is for us to know God's word and for us to love it. Like, I want us to love God's word together, learn from God's word together, talk about it together. And so, you know, we didn't know what else to do but give you a plan and emphasize it for this year and really just, you know, pretty much pound you on the head with it. You know, that's, that's all we really know what to do. But I want you to know our heart in this is that we, and I know for myself, I, I love you. Like, I love you so much. I love you. I want you to know God and I want you to know His Word. And I know that Larry and Jennifer... Tammy, all, all of our staff, we love you so much. And that's what we want for you in your life, okay? Now, to get going, I, I just want to make sure I, I enter this correctly. The Christian life, the life that we are living, all of us who know Christ in this room, we are living the Christian life. And the Christian life, you'll see this on your notes, it is both a point and it is a process. It is both a point and it's a process. Now, what I mean by that is very simple. There is a point, and we believe this. It's in our doctrine. We believe this very much. That There's a point when you come to faith in Christ. You place your faith, your trust in Him. You, we can say it this way, you become a Christian. Become a follower of Jesus. That's an exciting time. But that's not where it ends. After that, we have an entire life that is, I'm calling it a process, a process of walking with and being molded by God. We call that sanctification. It's a time that we're being made into the image of Christ. And it is difficult sometimes. It's full of joy, but it's difficult. And we need God. Because of this, I say to you very boldly, we must be in the Word. We must be in the Word. See, there are, there are many areas of our life that will strengthen us during this process. We call them spiritual disciplines. They involve lots of different things like prayer and solitude and fasting and all these. But the most important 
is what is called Bible intake. It is how we take in the Bible, how we hear from the Word of God. And tonight we're going to look at several different ways that we can do that. But I want you to understand, from our staff's perspective and from what we know of from this book right here, we must hear from God. We must. We call, you know, we use the term a lot, especially, and I love the term. We talk about how we need to have, in regards to Christ, a relationship with Him. I mean, don't we say that? We throw it around a lot, and sometimes we use it, and we don't really know how to explain it. But overall, we say we need to have, and we must have, or we do have, a relationship with Christ. And this weekend, I spent time with our students, and we were talking about the intimacy that we are to have with God. You know, that's kind of an uncomfortable term. Intimacy. But that's what we say, an intimate relationship with Jesus. And so often we don't really know how to explain that to people, but that's exactly what it is. That's the way God's relationship is with his people. It's one that can be, can be regarded as intimate. God calls his people in a couple of different areas just to give you where I'm coming from. Is this, is he calls us when we, are, when we follow Christ, we are then children of God. We're his children. Sons and daughters, that's a very intimate relationship. I'm enjoying that so much right now with my little daughter. Okay, it's so fun. It's an intimate relationship I have. And then you know, and I believe it is the, the highlighted one in all of the Bible, is that we are, in, in relationship to Christ, He calls us His bride. He calls us His bride. What a relational term. I mean, that is the greatest relationship that we can have on this earth, one of a husband and a wife. And God uses that term to describe his relationship with us. So I love discussing, you know, when we talk about the Christian life, man, it's a, it's a point in a process, but it's a, it's a life of being in a relationship with God. And how many of you know relationships are a process, are they not? I love to think of it this way, and I hope you see where I'm going. The way that I think about, <laughs> there's a lot of things I think about with, with my wife. and I, I, She's on the back row. We can all look at her. I'm just kidding. Don't. Um, but the way that I think about my wife, I, I love her so much. I love her so much. And I like to think of myself, yes, I, and I, I believe I can say this with confidence, that I'm the head of our home, the leader of our home. But I look at myself as her student. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is this. I watch Catherine. I study her in many different ways because I want to know. Because, listen, I've learned this. Women, y'all can be complicated, okay? I'm just saying. Just saying, okay? So can us guys. But here's the thing I know about my wife is that what I thought I knew about her, even when we were married, every day it gets greater. Last almost six years, learned so much about her. Okay? But I see myself as her student. I watch her and I, I learn more and more every single day the things that she loves, the things that, that she hates. Okay? I learn the things that make her happy. I learn the things that make her upset. I learn what brings her joy. I learn those things and I have to do that by watching her. And so in many ways I would say that I am her student. Guys, when we come to this Bible... We come to it knowing that we are going to be able to meet God, to see Him, 
to see what he's like, to learn about him, to be his student, to see the things that he says. One, this is what I look like. Here are my characteristics. And then he also shows us in so many different ways, this is what I love. This is what I hate. This is what brings me joy. This is what breaks my heart. And we come to this word because this is the way that we hear from, the primary way that we hear from our God. He speaks to us through this book. Now we will discuss this so much more, okay? But I just want you to know, we as a church staff, we love you. We want you to have a relationship with God. And that relationship is going to involve knowing Him and growing in, his, in that relationship with Him. And this is the primary way we do that. Okay? So let's look at just a few ways that we can get more of the Bible in our life. Some primary ways of taking in Scripture. The first one is this. It's, it's very obvious. It's very simple. We read the Word. We read the Word. Now... I was looking at a, a, recent, uh, in, a recent study or a survey that, that Barna did, and it said that one out of four professing Christians read the Bible every, I mean, that read the Bible, period. <laughs> one out of four professing Christians said that they read the Bible. That's not very good. It said that 18% of professing Christians, and they worded it by follower of Christ, 18% of followers of Christ said that they read the Word every day. I actually thought that seemed better than what I, what I expected, but 18%. And roughly half said that they read the Word only once or twice per month. That's not a lot of taking in the Word. Okay, We need to be reading the Word. Now, there's a lot of excuses that I hear. Uh, one of the main ones is that what? You know what it is. I don't have time. Okay, that's going to be the main one. And here's, the, here's what I would say to that. I understand uh, that excuse. I do. I mean, if we really look at it, none of us have time. <laughs> okay? I mean, this is a busy world that we live in. So I understand the excuse about time. But can I just say, even, listen, earthly, earthly relationships are ruined because of people not making time. I mean, are they not? Marriages end, marriages fail because of one person or both not desiring to or not making time to spend with their spouse. Is that not the problem that we have with a lot of parents with their kids? They don't spend time with them. And once again, there's some legitimate reasons. Sometimes the jobs that we have make it very difficult but what I will tell you is this, not having time is not a good excuse to skipping out on God's word. And if you really think about it, it just seems crazy that we would say, okay, the God who created everything, the God who wove me together in my mother's womb has given me his word right here that I hold, but I'm going to ignore looking at it. I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of crazy, but... We've all struggled with that. Okay? But here's what I will tell you. Time, that is not a good excuse. We must make time. Now, there's other excuses that we could 
talk about. But what I want to do right now is instead of talking about things that we do wrong, let's look at some things that we can do well, okay? So I want to give you, this is really just some helpful advice. And for all of you out here, know this, I do this with humility. I really do. I do this with humility. This is not, Colby knows all the answers, so Colby's going to give them. No, this is Colby who happens to be given an opportunity to be on staff here at this church, get to lead you in some ways, and some of you I get to lead more than others. But here's the thing, I love you, I just want to help you. We want to guide you, okay? So these are some helpful tips that I'm going to throw out there. Number one is this, when we come to reading the Bible, we need to be intentional. That is really tiny, I'm sorry. Wow, man, I will need to make that bigger next time. Okay. We need to be intentional. There's a lot of things in life that people need to learn to be intentional about, okay? Brent McNeil spent the time this morning talking about sharing our faith, and and that's another thing. We must be intentional about that as well. But Bible reading cannot be separate there. We must be intentional. And what I mean is this, to say, not only only say I'm going to read it, but actually read it, okay? I am going to do this. Watch me, okay? And a lot of you have, by the way. A lot of you, I have been talking to you about your reading plan and and you are being intentional about it. Secondly, I find this so helpful. Find your time of the day. Now, you could put in there, uh, find your best time. The best time that you function. Now, I don't know what that is for you, okay? And uh, I, I know about the proverb that talks about early in the morning, but, but here's the thing. We don't have to take that and say that means that we must read the Bible early in the morning or we will never uh, grow. That's not what that means, okay? We need to find our best time, and for most of us, that is going to be in the morning before we get going. For others of you, I can't speak on what time is best, when your mind functions best, and when you're able to really sit down and take in God's Word. Now, for me, my best time of the day is between 7.30 and 8.30, okay? It could be a little bit longer than that, but the time that my attention span is just best is after I've been awake for an hour or so. Um, for me, there's a few things that I need. <laughs> I need some coffee, okay? Uh, there's there's a, a couple of other things that I'm going to have on this list, but I need some coffee, I need a highlighter, and I need a pen, and I need to have my Bible opened a certain way, and I need to be sitting a certain way so that I feel confident. I have to be comfortable, okay? I have to be upright, not laying down, and and that gives me the motivation that I need to open up God's Word and study it the best that I can, okay? Now, that's just me. I don't know what it is you need. You may not need coffee and a highlighter, okay? It's very possible that you won't, but for me, my best time of the day is in the morning, and the best thing for me is to be sitting upright. Sometimes, even being in public. I like reading the Bible at Barnes & Noble. I like going and having some coffee there. I like going to Panera. I like going to certain places. I don't think that is necessarily best uh, for you to spend an entire quiet time in public. Um, I definitely think we should get alone. But know this, sometimes reading the Bible and our daily reading plans and that stuff can be done very well uh, in public, okay? Um, So be intentional and find your best time of the day, whatever it is. Thirdly, you need to have a plan. Now, as a church staff, we have given you a plan, 
And we encourage you to take that plan and use it. The plan that we're doing is the Robert McShane reading plan, which is going from four places a day, and you know you've heard us talking about it. But that is the one that we picked out of tons of different plans. Okay? I mean, literally, there's probably 40, 50 good Bible reading plans. One great plan is this. Pick it up and read it. Okay? That's a, that's a good one. But it helps to have a systematic way that you are going to read a Bible. Read the Bible. Have a plan. And you will find, and many of you have from experience, that if you don't have a plan, you tend to not read well. Okay? So, I think the days are over when we do this number. I'm going to flip over and wherever my finger touches, that's where the Holy Spirit wants me to be. Boom! Okay, I'll read that. That doesn't uh, work for me. Okay. Uh, You know, a lot of times we go for the look in the back, see what excites us, whatever. I think that day needs to be... Uh, stopped in our life, okay? That day, that day needs to be over. Let's look at a, a plan on how we are going to read the Bible. And like I said, our church has given one uh, for that. So, And you can still get caught up, by the way. Or you can start afresh today. Uh, e- either way. Um, but let's have a plan. Fourth, I put this, and this may seem so weird, but have a Bible that you can read. I will discuss translation at another time, and by the way, I'm not the guy that is going to say, I'm not going to discuss negatively really any main translation of the Bible. Okay, I'm not going to be that guy. But what I will say is this, especially with students, I have found that as I talk to them more, what I realized is part of their illiteracy from the Bible was that the translation that they had, they didn't understand. Okay, so... You know, for, for some of you, uh, you have all of your life memorized out of and read the King James Bible, and you are able to read it and understand it. You're able to learn, and you're able to go through. Then I encourage you to continue reading that translation. That's great. But for some, they have tried to read, and because of the difference in the language, they were unable to really understand what they were reading, and they were illiterate, partly because of the translation that they were reading, okay? So you need to have a Bible that you can read. Now, you, you want to be careful about this. And once again, I'm going to speak on translation at another time. But we need one that is accurately taking uh, the Greek, the Hebrew, and the Aramaic and giving it to us in a language that we can best understand, okay? That'll be another day and another another time. But have a Bible that you can read. And, and I'll say this, sometimes... Corny things help us, okay? I mean, here's the thing with me, and I've told you, I'm kind of weird. i got to have my coffee and that. Sometimes, even like just the feel of the Bible that you have, and keep in mind, we're so spoiled uh, being in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and we're able to go to the store and just buy a Bible that we like. But sometimes, I mean, seriously, like just the way that your Bible feels, it like just makes you more encouraged to pick it up and read it. I know that's crazy. Some of you got the cute little cross in the front, and you like it so much you want to carry it in public. I don't know what it is, but listen, get a Bible that you love to read. Get a Bible that you feel comfortable with, the translation, and just one that's good for you. Maybe you need one that's smaller to take with you in your purse. I don't know what it is, but have a Bible that you can read. Next, a highlighter and a pen. Now, I said earlier, uh, clearly this is very a very optional thing. This is not saying this is what you must do, but wow, have I found it helpful. 
to have a pen that I can write in, uh, write in my Bible with, uh, uh, a highlighter that I can mark up some things. I have no shame in a marked up Bible, okay? I love marking in that thing. Uh, whenever there's something that sticks out to me, I highlight it, okay? I write it down. If you're against that, which I'm not real sure why you would be, but if you are, that's fine. I'm also going to suggest that you have a journal, okay? Write in that. Write key things that, that stick out in your mind. And here's the, the really neat thing about it. If you're reading a passage and all of a sudden you read something and you're like, whoa, that's awesome. I think I'll highlight it. I think I'll write it down. Let me throw out something. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit, okay? I mean, maybe it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you go, whoa, this is awesome. I love this. I want to talk about it. I want to write it down. I want to highlight it. I want to underline it four times, put an asterisk beside it. I, I am so corny. If you, I've said that word a few times. I'm sorry. If you pick up my Bible and you read, I have some, I have wide margins. And so like I write things in the corner and, and, and you can, or on the side. And so you can go through and there's like, I have like little asterisks and sometimes I'll underline the asterisk and then I'll put something like this. Awesome. <laughs> you know, like I've, I've read through sometimes and I've just been almost embarrassed at myself. Like, you know, it's like, wow exclamation point you know I mean you know I write down some weird things but at the time it just felt right you know like I was reading it was so exciting that I just underlined it and put wow but listen those type of things can help us as we read as silly as they may seem a highlighter and a pen can help us a journal writing down the things that God's speaking to you, writing down the things that stick out as you've been reading. It's a good way to keep up, one, with what you're doing. You know, for a journal, for a long time, I would write down this. <laughs> Sometimes I would just write down Psalm 42, Romans 3, <laughs> Ephesians 6, whatever it is that I, was, that I was reading that day, I would just write down simply the passage. And if I happened to have something that was just burning on my heart, I would write it. But I would have days where all I did was put, you know, what I read, but it helped me keep up with what I was doing. Um, so a journal, I put slash a planner, okay? Now, Catherine is probably thinking, Kobe doesn't have a planner that he sits with himself as he's reading the Bible. This is true, I don't, except for, I don't have one that, uh, that you would think of as a planner. I have a cell phone, okay, that has a calendar in it. Uh, it, it has certain uh, it has ways that I keep up with the things that I have to do every day and I'm going to suggest that you have one of those you either have a notebook planner or you find a way to get a digital one whatever it is and you're going to say well why is that how would that possibly make your list on how to read the bible <laughs> okay this is why how many of you have sat down to read the bible <laughs> okay I think you'll know where I'm going with this. You sit down to read the Bible, you're focused, you're ready, and all of a sudden, in the middle of Matthew 12, you go, hmm, I've got to pay the power bill. <laughs> okay? And it plagues your mind. Okay? You're like, I need to pay the power bill. And you do that prayer, like, here's the prayer right here. You ready? You go, God, help me focus just on you right now. Okay, I don't want to focus on the power bill. Help me focus on you, God. And then like five minutes later, you're thinking about the power bill again. Okay, have you, have you had that moment? Okay, you go, okay, Matthew 12. I need to call Herbert Davis. <laughs> I said I was going to call him. I need to call Herbert Davis. That's what I need to do right now. Here's my point. 
beforehand, okay? During the week, every day, whenever something comes up that you know you have to do, put it in a planner, okay? That way, you're going to take care of the things that are important in your life, and you don't have to have them come up and all of a sudden freak out when you're reading the Bible, okay? I want you to start putting down the things that are important, and most of you are going to do that anyway, but for me, as dumb as this sounds, I had to be told at one time, I think a, I think a calendar would help you, okay? <laughs> I think your organization would improve if you'd write it down, okay? Uh, and, and so for me, those things, it really does help me. So these are, these are definitely not things that you have to do to be able to read the Bible, but you might find them helpful, okay? So we need to read the Bible, okay? <clears throat> Secondly, we need to hear the word. We need to hear the word. I like what Donald Whitney says uh, about this subject. He says, if we don't make a practice of hearing God's word regularly, we may only hear it accidentally, just when we feel like it, but we may never hear it at all. Now, what he means by that is, is this. There's, there's a lot of people... And, and the more that I, I speak with people about having the Bible poured into their life, they don't really think of reading it. They don't really think of studying it or any of the other ones that I'm going to talk about tonight. They only think about hearing it. They think about coming into a corporate setting like we have here, sitting in a pew and having a pastor open up his Bible and teach them. Okay? Now this is a good way to hear the Word, but it can't be the only way. And what a lot of people will say is this, is that there hasn't been that much time in the history of mankind when people have been able to hold a copy of the Word and read it. For centuries, people would orally present the Word and you would have to go and listen to it taught. And even in families, even with families, you would have the father or the mother, you would have them orally presenting what they knew from the Word of God to their family members because you didn't have a copy of it yourselves. And you know what? That's true. Okay? For a long time, people weren't able to have their Bible and take it around. And there's also a lot of countries right now, in fact, there's 2,300 languages in our world where they don't have a Bible in their language. Okay? But that doesn't mean that our only way should be hearing the Word because we have other possibilities. In fact, people died to make that possible. People were burned at stakes. People were persecuted for a long period of time so that we would be able to read the Word ourselves. And so we should take advantage of that, okay? But we also need to hear the Word. Some different ways we can do that. The obvious one is what we've already mentioned. Be a part and connected, united to a local church. That's a great way. Pastor Larry talked about it last week. And he was talking about the passage from James. He was speaking about us hearing the word and, or speaking about how we need to hear the word. And we offer numerous ways to do that here. One is Sunday mornings when we come into a corporate worship setting. One would be Sunday school. We have some small groups. We have different ways that, that you can hear from the word of God. And I feel so confident about our teaching. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that I feel like when we come in this room, you're going to hear from the word of God. That can't be the only way that you hear. Anytime that we talk about hearing, I also believe we should make this point, that it involves more than just listening. 
when the Bible talks about hearing from God, when it talks about hearing the Word, when it talks about hearing, it always is going to refer to something more than that. It, it refers to, just as we looked at last week in James, do not be hearers only, but doers. Luke eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Blessed rather are those who hear the Word of God and obey it. When we talk about hearing the Word, it's not only listening to it, it's listening to it and responding. That's what we're talking about. We need that in our lives. How else can we do that besides at our local church? I'm going to give you a couple. One is this. Use the internet. Now this is alongside being connected to, your, to our local church. Okay? The internet is used for a lot of bad reasons. There's some poor choices that are made on the internet every single day. But one really awesome tool that the internet can be used for is this, is listening to teachings from the Word of God. The, uh, I don't know how many of you, I'm just curious, how many of you have ever downloaded a sermon off the internet and listened to it? Raise your hand. Yeah, see, several. Okay, and, and what they're usually called is podcast. Uh, you, you can download you know, if you have favorite authors, a lot of times they're, especially if it's in a theological, um, you know, if it's theological writings, a lot of times they're pastors. You can listen to sermons. I know Larry loves to listen to John MacArthur and, and gets a lot of his CDs. He doesn't download them off the internet, but he actually orders the CDs and they come in. Um, you can do that as well. Some of you probably even have some old school tapes, and that's cool. Okay, that'll work. You can listen to those. There's a lot of different ways that we can hear some really solid biblical teachings. And, uh, and, and CDs and DVDs and podcasts uh, can make that a great option. Um, another way to hear from the Word is to read books by people who love the Word. Read books where people who have been loving God's Word and a lot of times for a really long time are going to write about what they've learned from it. That's a good way to hear from God. Okay? You can also hear from what God has taught to other people. That's a good way to hear the Word. A lot of times that'll be, a lot of the books will be messages that people have preached in their churches. But anyway, we just need to look at different ways that we hear the Word. Thirdly, we must, and this is what the, really what our whole study is going to be about, so I won't speak about it a lot tonight, but we need to study the Word. <clears throat> People often will say they don't see the need for studying it. That's what a preacher's for. Okay? I've, heard people, <laughs> I've heard people say that. Uh, I would definitely disagree with you on that. Okay? There's great need to study the Word. And there are some great tools that you can use to do that. I have a table set up over here, and after we're done, I'm going to, you know, if you're interested in some tools that you would like to maybe get for yourselves or that you're interested in, come talk to me, and, uh, and we'll kind of just go through some of these tools and see how they would help you. But see, here's our thing. We live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and it's 2011. Have y'all gotten used to saying 2011 yet? That's crazy. But it's Tuscaloosa, Alabama in 2011. And what we have in the Bible was written much before 2011. We've got to go back for our New Testament a couple thousand years. That's a long time. It was written in a different language. It was written in a different culture, in a different context. 
we got some issues, okay? We're going to need some help. We can't just try to get a translation that we can understand the words. That's not the only thing that we need. We need help understanding culture, context, history. We need help in these areas. And I've heard the common, this is the common comeback to that statement about us needing to study the Bible. Someone might say, well, isn't that what we have God's Spirit for? Isn't He supposed to enlighten us as we read His Word? Do I really need to have some study Bible and hear what some man has said about it? I would say this. There is a lot of Spirit-empowered work that goes on into studying the Word of God faithfully. I do not think that we have left the Holy Spirit and put Him aside when we pick up a study Bible. I think a lot of times we are actually allowing Him to fully work in our hearts. Because we're digging. We want to know what He's saying. We want to hear what was going on in that culture that we're reading about. We want to know the context. That's what we're doing. So, I believe these would be helpful. Some... Some of the tools that we have, I'm not going to say a lot about them, but I think that everybody should get a good study Bible, okay? Now, two that I recommend very highly, John MacArthur Study Bible and also the ESV Study Bible. I, I, I consider them, they, they are my most used tools, okay? The Ryrie Study Bible is one that a lot of people like, and that was a good one as well. Um, Another thing that can really help you is a Bible dictionary. Now, I never had a Bible dictionary until about three or four years ago. This is used, uh, I probably use this at least once a week, probably more, okay? It is just so easy to pick up and learn out of this book, okay? And I love this one very much. If you're in deeper study... Go to a commentary. Now, study Bibles have commentary in them. You know, we're reading what somebody has said and somebody's teaching us, and we can learn about the context and the culture and those things, but a commentary will go in great detail. This, for instance, this is a commentary of the book of Hebrews. Okay? That's a pretty thick book. And it's all about Hebrews, okay? And it, we can learn a lot from it. It's very helpful. This is not something that everybody is going to want to buy, but this is a helpful way to study the Bible. Fourthly, so not only do we need to read the Word, hear the Word, and study the Word, but also we need to memorize the Word. Now this is something that God has really placed on my heart recently, and it is something that I choose to ignore regularly, <laughs> okay? I, even though my mind is able to memorize fairly well, I choose to not memorize, okay? I, even though I know it's important. I choose to ignore it. That's just how I am. Okay, that's a little rebellion in my life right there. But here's what I've committed to. Because I know that memorizing the Word is so important, I've committed to a memorization plan along with the reading plan. It's one that I'm going to communicate to you and see if anyone is interested in it. Uh, a couple of you already are involved. Some of There's actually a couple of students are already about 40 verses into what we're memorizing, but, but we are memorizing the book of Philippians. The whole book of Philippians, word for word. And it is a 16-week process. 
And this is what I am making a commitment to do to you. I love putting myself under pressure. It's fun. I am committed to you that at the end of the 16 weeks, I will quote Philippians. Okay? I'm going to do it in front of you. That's a, that's a challenge. Okay? But I want to show you not that, wow, look at me, I can memorize. That's not what any of us are doing. And there's going to be several others that are going to be able to quote. I know they will. We're not doing it to show, hey, man, we're really cool. We can memorize scripture. No, we're doing it because we want to show the importance of God in our lives. We want it to be burned on our hearts. That's what memorizing does. Whenever you memorize something, you are literally burning it on your heart. You think on it in a different way than how you think when you just read a sentence. Okay? It causes you to do, and you can go ahead and fill out your, your last blank. It is we, me, we meditate on the word. It goes very well with memorization. So I'll just go ahead and finish uh, you know, talking about both of those together. When we memorize scripture, it makes us meditate on it. Now meditation is something that people get a little iffy about because of the word. We just don't use it that often. I don't mean some weird form of meditation. Uh, I mean simply that we are going to think on a passage. We're going to think on a word. We're going to think on a verse. And when you memorize, you have to do that. Because you think through, you know, like the wording of a sentence. You're like, wow. Uh, and, you know, when you're trying to burn in your heart, it makes you think about it, how it's written. Why was it written there? Why did he use that word? It's a great way to grow. Uh, Bill York, I, I used to, he's not here tonight. I, I, I wish I could, uh, I would call him out then. I've never called Bill York out before. But Bill York used to drink coffee, or he still does, I think, um, every day at about 10 o'clock. He, he drinks some coffee with a, with a few other guys uh, that, are in this, that are in this room. Uh, and I used to attend that coffee drinking time. I, I got to where now at just 10 o'clock is not my, my coffee time. Uh, but I used to drink coffee with them. And one thing that Bill used to always say, I, I would remember, I mean, that I remember very well, is he would talk about this uh, meditating. And, and he said it in this way, and it was somebody that he looked up to, uh, had told him one time about how <clears throat> it was difficult for him to read long, I mean, you know, large amounts of scripture in one sitting, but he could remember this man saying, though, how often he would stay up all night on one verse. And, uh, and he would talk about this meditating in this way, how, you know, thinking on and, and, and allowing your mind to really focus on the word of God. It is so important. So, in closing, we must read the word, okay? We must hear the Word. We so need to study the Word. We need to memorize it. And we should meditate on it. Okay? Now, I'm going to pray for us, and then we are going to be done with, uh, with our first session. And uh, after we're done, like I said, invite you to come up, look at some of these tools, and, and see if it would be something that you would uh, enjoy making a part of your library at home, uh, and to help you study the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to come together as a church family. It is uh, an awesome experience to be connected in a place where we have 8 and 80-year-olds together. <laughs> I love it. Father, I pray that you would continue to work uh, in the lives of the membership here. Lord, I thank you for what you have done even today as we... 
have uh, Latarius come down and, and, and profess his faith in Christ and, and just other things that you have been doing in the lives of, of students and adults uh, across this room. Lord, we're so grateful to be a part of this church family. Lord, I pray that you would give us a burden uh, for your word, a desire to read it and know it um, and live it out. Lord, I love you so much and I thank you for your son Jesus and I pray these things in his name. Amen.